relationship building, obviously important for any marketer and any CMO, especially this one. Who is it? Well, you're going to have to find out by tuning into this authentic avenue. OkCupid okay is the brand we're talking to today, and specifically their CMO, Melissa Hobley. Now, like I said, relationship building, very, very important. OkCupid okay knows how to do it well. And so we talk a little bit, just a little bit, about dating, what it meant in 2020 and 21. But really, we talk today about one of the building blocks of relationship building, which is in communicating generally, how to do it effectively, how to do it authentically. Melissa and I both have our thoughts on how this occurs within the C-suite and at the CMO level, but it's really important when you think about building teams and finding your match personally or professionally. So we go all into that. I think you'll really like this because I believe that Melissa is one of the better communicators out there today because it's just so laid back and not buttoned up which I have found sometimes in these interviews, but you're not going to get it here. I think it's a really good example of somebody who has not only learned how to run a brand as a leader, but also communicate like a colleague or like a friend. You'll hear what I mean. Let's just get into it. So for now, I'll step back and let you enjoy as I get real with OK Cupid and Melissa Hobley. Hey, Melissa, how are you? Hey, Adam, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. We were just talking just before we jumped on tape about uh, communicating well, public speaking, all this stuff that, that I know a lot about and that you know a lot about. And the first thing I want to say before we jump into anything else is that it was striking as I did my research for this interview and I researched pretty heavily for a lot of people when I talked to them, how easy you seem to be able to communicate on the biggest stages and how it differs specifically from some people that I hear who tend to be a little bit more either buttoned up or just closed off. So I want to start there. Is that ability to whether I don't care if it's public speaking, if it's just generally communicate, do you think that's do you think that came from like early in your career when you were specifically in comms or working with celebrities and brands? Or do you think that's something that that cropped up over time. And I have a reason for asking this, I promise, but I want to set a foundation here with that. Oh, and that's a good question. And thank you for the compliment. I, you know, it's probably a little bit of both. I think one, one thing that drove that was feeling like an outsider. When I came to New York city to go to college, I'm from Muncie, Indiana. And I, I definitely felt like a fish out of water and like, I don't know, like a country bumpkin with, you know, I'm like overalls and a gingham shirt. I mean, that's how I felt like I was viewed. (laughs) And so I had to put myself out there in to, you know, to, to make friends or to feel at home or to, you know, acclimate to New York city. Um, But I think secondly, I, I do think I, I, I refined those skills working in PR when I started in college. I also worked in politics on some campaigns when I was in college. And so I I think, you know, that helped refine how to connect with people. But I think, you know, the underlying pin with that, Adam, is I – and this totally r- relates to dating – is I, I just – what I know is that most people don't feel totally comfortable. And most people are not the confident person that walks into this the the speaking thing, the conference, the work drinks, the office, whatever, and feels like they can talk to anybody. Most people um, 
lean out a little bit. And once you know everybody feels a little uncomfortable, a little nervous in most of those situations or most of the time, whether that's a bar or a date or a first day in a new job, then you kind of say, oh, okay, well, we're all kind of in the same place. And I, you know, I, I am okay. I'm definitely an extrovert and I, I can kind of, I, I, you know, I can say, hey, I, you know, I used to feel a little uncomfortable too, or I do too. And, you know, let's, let's get on with it. That honesty is something uh, right there that I don't see often. We all know that that collective exhale happens at the start of any new experience. Fine. First day at work, brand new location. I mean, it yeah. ha- happened to me. Like, you know, yeah. went, went to college, didn't know anybody, right? First, first day of work was in a completely new environment. First day on any new job, that sort of thing. And I, I don't know how. It's sort of intangible, but I, I just wish that people could recognize that collectively more and just get beyond that first and you just open up, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, just open up. And 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 when you realize everybody feels that way, then you don't feel so awkward being like, hey, cool, sure. I also love that band. Have you, you know, have you seen them live a lot? Or uh first day, first day at new job always feels like the first day of school, right? You know, um, yeah. Totally. We we really all feel that way. Uh Again, and most people do. And so I, and I like to, because I felt like that outsider and I felt like that in college. And I felt like that when I was working PR is how I started my career. And a lot of people in PR, there's the reputation of you might be wealthy or connected. And that's, it's, it's probably like journalism. And that, that is true because (laughs) the dollars are small and you know, you're, you probably have a side hustle to pay rent if you're in New York city or LA or San Fran. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's, but it's a fantastic quality. And my, my guess, and I'm, I'm, you're going to have to give me a little bit of rope here because I don't know for sure. I love it. I love a guess. Go for it. (laughs) My, my my guess is that this current post at OKCupid, of course, that not your first marketing job, right? You've been in the game for a while, but this, this has to feel more like home than some of the other, albeit illustrious brands in your resume, right? I mean, because this, this whole business and indeed the entire science of building relationships is based upon that opening up, is based upon that honesty and is based upon that ability to reach out and say, hey, I like your shirt or hey, I like your face, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does it feel more like home here? Than- Adam, you are the first person to actually say that or frame it up in that way. And that's really powerful. Yeah, it does. It does feel like home. I, I appreciate you noticing that. And and it does because, yeah, dating is hard, right? It is hard. Like nobody says, I really love dating. I mean, we're like, who, no one says that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge. It's something that you got to yeah. almost like work up to. And it's almost like an exercise, yeah. you know? It is. It totally is. And I, um, so yeah, it does feel like home. I, I appreciate that. I've never, I don't even know that I've fully thought of it that way, but it, it does, it does feel like that. And, you know, dating is about helping, you know, finding somebody that makes you feel great, no matter what you are, who you are, finding that person that's going to be in your corner and, and that's the job at OkCupid is to tell people we know it's hard to tell people, but there's someone out there like even half as awesome as you. Imagine how much fun you're going to have together in life. Like get through it with somebody in your corner. And so it 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 does feel like that. And it's this most awesome mashup of of 
helping people like take that step of using science and what we know from anthropologists and sociologists and historians and marriage counselors on how people get together and what keeps them together and what are those real building blocks to relationships, but then also using tech and gosh, we have the most amazing team of engineers at OkCupid. We're based in New York City and 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 using technology to make sure we're matching you with with people that give a shit about the stuff you give a shit about, whether right. you are um, trans, whether you identify as non-binary, whether you are young, old, religious, not religious, uh, you love travel, you hate margaritas, whatever it is. Um, it's a really awesome mashup of all that stuff. Well, then let me let me ask you about this, this concept of the match from the perspective of some who listen to this show, who not only, of course, are looking to find how, how brands operate authentically and how their leaders do so as well, but are also either building their own businesses or would dream to work for somebody like you or like an OkCupid or like any whatever they envision as like their dream job. How do you, I mean, is everybody on your marketing team like you? My guess is the answer is no. But how do you find the match, as it were, for new people to come join you? Because you've been at this now at OkCupid for about almost four years, right? We're nearing on the anniversary. Yeah. And so I'm curious, uh, now that you're a few years in, how, how do you build that team around you and find your own matches? That is a really great question. And they're not, um, they're not all... Uh, like me, it'd be awesome to find people as amazing as I am. I'm just kidding. Right. Right. Um, I, I think like, you know, there's no, I think any CMO, by the way, that tells you they're great at everything is either lying or, yeah, yeah, or totally unaware. Um, so I am really good at some stuff and I am not good at other stuff. So I look for people that one really care, uh, uh, really are passionate about, about, um, about this space and about, you know, it, it's an awesome field to be in. And, and I look for people that are strong in the areas that we think are going to work for getting OkCupid out there. So, you know, um, social is an important place for us to have a presence, um, you know, so because you want, it's like, you know, Instagram's like a storefront. Oh, I'm thinking about downloading an app. I don't know which one. We know they're going to check us out on Instagram to say, is this like what I'm about? And so I have an amazing person on my team, Devin, who part of her role is, is figuring out how to bring our voice to life on Instagram. And, you know, it's got to be funny and it's got to like, but like be a little bit of a gut punch, you know, when you know, you see that meme or something on Instagram and you're like, Oh God, that's totally me. Like I just uh-huh. want to find somebody to s- sit in sweatpants with all day on my couch. Like that's really what we're all looking for. Um, and so I look for people that complement what um, you know um, what our team is doing and that are good in these certain fields. You know, the way to get into you know I think here's what I think is really exciting about about covid is and obviously this is a silver lining covid has been so i was gonna say that's a wild start to a sentence but i'm, I'm rolling with yeah. you Let's go. yeah yeah roll, roll with me for a minute um yeah. not to take away from any of the you know many sure, of us sure, had sure, sure. experiences related to you know the pandemic but one of the one of the silver linings it is changing the way we think about work and even the, just this morning, there was an article in New York Times about um, Spotify is announcing they're going fully remote. And so, mm-hmm. what I what I'm what I'm going to tell people also is if if there's a company or a brand or a person or 
or a field you want to get into and you didn't think you could do that because you weren't in New York City or the Bay Area or LA or wherever, um, companies are changing everything about about where people are working and you may be able to to join that company or work from home. So, so you know, um, I think that's going to open things up for for people that said, well, I don't think I can live in a 400 square foot apartment with my husband and my dog and two goldfish and a baby on the way. Right. And so I think that will change things. I think so too. I've been interested in how businesses will return uh, to work. Um, should totally separately from this. I produce another podcast. It's all about that, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's interesting to me because this idea and going back to the first thing we're talking about, the, this ability to like communicate effectively must happen right now, completely virtually, which means, and just as we are exhibiting here on this podcast, the way you speak (laughs) and, and emote is incredibly, incredibly important. So I, I, um, I think that it is changing a number of ways that businesses are growing, that teams are growing and that leaders are manifesting and and, and coming together. So I, I want to ask this because I do talk a little bit about authenticity on the show. After all, it is its namesake. And, and before I ask what I think is a more tired question, you've probably gotten a lot, which is more brand centric. I'll get to that in a second. Right now, how closely aligned do you think the ability to communicate in this effective way, as I've just defined it, aligns with being authentic as a leader and how important do you think that is for teams who are trying to either grow or stick together? What, what, what do you think about that? Because my take is that it's, it is critical, but I'd like to know yours because I, I, I think, I mean, you're one of the better communicators that I've spoken to and that's, that's just true. It's not even a compliment. I'm, I'm, but I'm curious. Well, that's so nice. Listen, I want to hear more about what you think because you, you are talking to people all day and this is a craft that you've built out and I can share my perspective a little bit, but I want to know yours too. Uh, yeah, totally, totally. Well, you know, I think, um, I think it's, it, I just, let me start with this way. It's crazy to me that people get really big jobs and have giant teams of people working for them who are not effective communicators and who don't activate an emotion and who don't uh, make you feel excited or make you feel like you're on the same page or frankly, even moving in the same direction. So I think effective communication is so important. I don't think we spend enough time thinking about it or learning about it. I know I'm one of these marketers that did not get my MBA, but I feel like my friends that have come out of like really prestigious MBA programs are still not great uh, communicators. And, right. and it's such a, um, it's such an important skill that can, that can bridge so many things. You know, you may have somebody on your team that is not um, delivering performance that you hoped for or you needed. And actually just being able to communicate with that person can open your eyes to what's going on or if there's like a, a challenge that's there. So, you know, I, I'm just, I'm amazed that people don't spend more time on this. And honestly, they should probably call you and have you coach them if they don't know if they're a good communicator, if they want to work on it, if they think they're good, but they can like, you can always be working on being a, a better communicator. Uh, so, so I mean, those are just some of, some of my quick thoughts. And I, I, I just can't believe more people do not think about it. And when was the last time you had a manager ask you, hey, I'm kind of like doing a little assessment here. I want to know if, I'm, if you think I'm a good communicator. I've had very few bosses ever ask me that question. 
And which shows you that it's it's just this larger, bigger problem of not being aware, not spending time on it. Like it's really great if you have a brilliant strategy, but if you've not gotten people excited about that, if they don't feel like they know where they are, if they're if they don't know where they fit in, if they're not, you know, marching all towards the same thing, then then how good is it really? Um, yep. Tell what tell me more about what you think. What's your what's your view on that? Well, it's a good mental bookmark first. It's something that I might want to build out as like, how do I work with leaders to help them communicate better? Because um, right now it's mostly in podcasts. But what, okay, so my take is that, and it's it's really weird, but it's almost inversely proportional, these two factors. The size of your business by revenue on an annual basis and their leader's ability to speak as I would define it authentically. Here's what I mean. Um, enterprise tech, really wonderful space, high growth, lots of money, right? Flashy, right? Their, their CMOs are very, and it's probably because they got PR teams and, and, and investor relations teams being like, hey, don't talk about this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> they, and, and so you, you end up having like quite buttoned up conversations. And as a result, you can see straight through it. They have a set of bullet points that they are meant to talk about. Conversely, I have spoken with founders with with companies that are maybe high growth but they got like 20 employees and they either because it's they don't know any better or because they have no reason to be buttoned up or are consistently produce some of the best conversations I have and so for me that is a straight it's a linear function of which you can then find people who either over index or under index on those two factors I said at the beginning of this I think you're a really really great communicator again it's just what I can perceive because a I've been doing competitive public speaking since the age of 11 and B I've talked with like 170, 180 CMOs. And then like, uh, at this point about a dozen chief people officers in another respect. So I've, I heard it all almost in terms of just the way people communicate. I haven't heard all in terms of brand stories, but I've heard a lot there. And I, th- that's my specific thinking. And I, I think kind that's of so interesting. I just, I, that is so interesting. And you know, what you may not appreciate is, is, is very few people are talking to that many CMOs. And frankly, we're not talking to them, right? Like we don't, we talk to each other. You, you definitely have, you know, people that you go to for um, for advice or counsel or, you know, peers and whatever. But, uh, you know, you should just build out a separate course, Adam, for CMOs to be better <laughs> communicators. I could recommend a bunch of people right now that should come see you. I, uh, well, I, I might, you know, I've been, and I've been another thing, I guess the, la- the last thing I'll say about it, which is, uh, you know, cause I think a lot of it starts within as well. Then I'm going to, I'm going to ask you two more questions here. That's how I'm going to round out this. And I'm going to be a little bit, one's going to be advice-based, one's going to be a little drier, but I have to ask it is that I just, I might ask you to fill this out too. And, and, and listeners, I'll talk about more about this in the next like month or two once it's fully fleshed. But I just did a survey with about 50 of those leaders. And while, they, while not, I think it's about 97% of the respondents said that they believe that their broad employee base is either somewhat well or super strongly connected to their leadership, uh, only about, uh, of that group, about 48% of that group in the same survey, in, in sequential questions, said that in terms of how they believe their employer base knows them as a person rather than just an operator, they either know nothing or they know just the basics. And I think it starts, like I think a lot of the ways to authentically communicate is to tell your personal story as well. And it was just such a dissonant response that I received that I was like, okay, 
there's there's something in that gap, and I'm not exactly sure how to address it, but I'm going to do it because you're right. I've talked to more people than most yeah. in the CMO suite, and I uh, I just there's something there's something there. But anyway, the, more there's to come because I've done there, a lot you know, of studying. We have to be at the. Our job is to communicate. Our job is to communicate. My job right. is to communicate. Why should you try OKCupid to millions of people around the world? If I can't communicate to my team and to the people I work with and my agency partners and my freelancers and and my researchers and you know the social psychologist, Dr. Sarah Conrad that I work with out of the Kinsey Institute, if I can't communicate with those people, then how am I supposed to get paid and be given a, a really big budget to, to communicate around the world? So mm-hmm. you should totally... You should totally do that. Um, I'll sign up. <laughs> hey, great. I <laughs> uh, appreciate that. All right. Let, so so then let me round out with these because I, I could talk about that for another hour, but I don't have it. Uh, I'm going to ask two more questions. One, you've probably been asked a ton. I'll try to put a little spin on it. And then second one's advice. The first one, uh, obviously, you know, uh, Dayton probably changed a ton last year, but now we're, we're um, you're starting to crest the hill here, right? People are starting to get shots in arms. Um, you, know, you just you mentioned to me on the pre that that's something that you're preparing for. I've just recently gotten mine. And that's going to change the way that people's at least comfort levels with regard to perhaps dating or at least seeing other people. Uh, have you seen that change? And how do you predict in 2021 that will reflect on services like OkCupid? What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. And first, I'll, I'll zoom out for just a second, which was when... COVID drove OkCupid's business up and it and COVID drove massive increases in engagement for a lot of dating apps, not just us. And, you know, that you might scratch your head at that, but if you think about the majority of people on dating apps are 20 and 30 something singles, just because there's always, you know, more young, more single people that are younger. And in OkCupid, we're very big in cities. We're very big in New York, San Francisco, LA. We're always one of the bigger dating apps, Berlin, Paris, London, you name it. Um, We are, we are bigger in cities. And so you're, you know, you're 28 or you're 35 and you're in a city, you're not near your family, you're not going to work. You've lost all those social touch points. And, and, being on OkCupid meant you could you could chat with people, you could connect with people, and so so as a geo went into lockdown, engagement on OkCupid just shot through the roof, and that means new signups, sending messages, sending likes, asking people um, to do you know a video date. Um, what is going to happen though this summer is like well we're, I mean we're calling it hot vac summer. Um, I didn't coin that phrase. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, you know summer of love, return to dating, you sex explosion. Oh, there's a number of super interesting terms out there, but people are skin hungry. People want to physically connect with someone and and, and the vaccine rolling out uh, at a pretty fast clip now is going to make all that possible. So, you know, um, we are very excited about that. We want people to be able to safely date, uh, and make out and go to a bar. Uh, you know, it's even, it's hard to go to bars still in New York and LA. You got to eat, you know, you have to order food, you have to sit. It's, it's a whole thing. So, so, um, dating is going to have a very, very big comeback. Um, Looks like that's going to be this summer, but but there's going to be aspects of dating that will remain with COVID, like a video date as a first date. That that's that's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing, especially you know we have a lot of single parents, and going on a date means a sitter. It might mean changing your shift to, at work. It it could mean a number of things. So if you can have that first date as a video date, that's that's a good thing. Then you can kind of say, hey, like. 
yeah, I'm in, I'm into this person and let's let's meet up in person and it's easier to go make those arrangements, right? So yep. so there's going to be some some lasting effects on dating from COVID that that we think are really good. Also, people are slowing down. They're they're taking their time. Like, you know, I had all these women say to me, uh, you know, I feel like these messages in OkCupid are more romantic. Like it's not just, "Hey," or "What's up?" or like yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> right? They were like yeah. Slightly more thoughtful than that. Really thoughtful. Like you went to Machu Picchu. That's on my bucket list. Like uh, how awesome, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so I think the slow dating will be another thing that we see stick around. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm a better fan of that. I like for, and and I got a fiance now. We can be married in October, but she'd be the first to probably tell you, tell you also that like, I, I was never good at like short game. That was never, that was never my that was not your no first text was like that was i was never i was never winning on the first text how did you meet your fiance oh we met through work we met through work and so that became so we were we were friends for about a year right before i eventually and i was i I was at a personal turning point myself i didn't know if i was going to leave the company move across the country i was i wanted to wanted to pursue acting you know at the time um I got into performance a little bit like via this but i uh took a chance right before i left i was like well let me just see if she would have said sure yeah and she did I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And there you go. And there you go. Um, there you go. Okay. Here, here, here's, here's the last question. We're going to wrap it up quick and then we'll go. Um, but I do this with everybody and it's sort of like the advice column. The question is people listen to this show and they are, a lot of them are CMOs. It's true. A lot of them lead these brands. A lot of them are brand builders. And, and again, people who might want to join an OKCupid or, or join you people who generally emulate the paths of those that appear and as I look into the ways that businesses and individuals carve their own avenues to authenticity, I have to ask you if you have any advice based on your experiences to date, role models, stories, how you might advise others on how to carve theirs as we round out. I love that question. And I, um, this might seem obvious, and but, it, but it, it's, it's the best way forward to authenticity is what is your story? And if you don't know where to start on that, ask other people, ask other people. And it could be, and that this goes for your personal brand. It goes for the brand that you're working at. Maybe you're building on a marketing plan for a new brand or an upstart brand or something. Ask people, what is it that's, what do you think about when you think about me? Like, what would be the first three things that you would, you how, that how you would describe me or three things about my story or why I am where I am today and use that as your as your starting place to go. And a super quick example of that is when I joined OkCupid, I was the first CMO there. They had they they OkCupid was one of the OG dating apps. They had been around for 15 years, if you can believe it or not, had never had, never done an ad campaign, never, um, you know, barely had an Instagram and a Twitter. And and so I just started saying, tell me what are some things that you think make OkCupid special? And one of the things that made OkCupid special was they took a stand on issues. They took a stand and they did that before anybody was doing that. And they didn't care about the, the hit on revenue they cared about. Was this the right thing to do? An example of that was the then CEO of Mozilla Firefox had made homophobic statements. They they severed that relationship. Um, now that would not be news at all. But several years ago, people weren't doing that. And and that was a really good place to say, hang on, this is authentic to what OkCupid is and and how can we tell people we are the only brand that will take the issues you care about and the things that are affecting us in our daily lives and make that a part of the dating experience, which is why we're the only dating app to 
be able to filter on people that don't believe in climate change. I, I don't even know how that's possible, but it is. So, or people that didn't vote in the election aren't planning to vote in local, federal, or state elections. So, so I would say, you know, figure out what is what what are the unique things that make your story or that brand story, and use that as a as a place as a place to start. And most people are not totally aware of that, which is why I say ask other folks. You know, what's, as you were saying that, what I immediately thought of, and it's, maybe it's intuitive once you think about it, it's, it's kind of like building your profile personally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in, 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 like IRL, you know, like I, you know, what's, what is anybody's own story? Like what, what would mine be? Well, you know, I do a lot of podcasting, I have public speaking background, you know, a good bit of performance, but like, and I believe certain things. Um, that's mine. And listeners, you know, tuning in, I, I bet that you could, whether, whether it's, and you could, you could do it, like, as we said earlier, whether it's a coworker, say, how, how would you describe me? How, how do I communicate that sort of thing? A question that is not very often asked. I agree with that point. Or whether it's a friend of yours, uh, whether you're building a dating profile or not say, Hey, what, how would you describe me? It's also, I don't know if you've ever gotten this, Melissa, but I have, uh, I've gotten in a job interview myself. People have asked me that question and it's a hard question to answer unless you've prepared. So it's, it's good practice regardless, but I think, and I agree with you that it will help anybody to build their own, their own uh, authentic story yeah, and present themselves authentically. That's totally right. And you're, yeah, it's a, it, it's, it is, and it is the same advice I give people when they're doing their dating apps. I say, have it's a friend really, with you, like get a margarita. Right. I saw, yeah, I, I, I noticed, I noticed that that was, and you know what the first thing is? I, so I, again, I was doing my research and I saw that, I saw at least one of the interviews you did uh, that, that started like that on, on uh, I did, I was looking at that today one, for instance, and I was like, yeah. okay, well, and you, and you know what the crazy thing is? You were more laid back in communicating than Hoda was and the gentleman she was with, I don't forget, I don't forget his name, but anyway. Well, that was so fun. Oh, that, by the way, that was one of my most fun interviews. I, I go on the Today Show semi-regularly to talk about dating and connection in digital era and give people advice or help, you right. know, set people up. I, I genuinely enjoy doing that. And, um, and that day they had a guest host with Hoda and for, for the Scandal fans out there, it was Fitz from Scandal, AKA the hot president, um, mm. Tony Mayer, uh, right. and he was so dreamy and, but talk about being rattled is this person that you're like, he's one of like the, you know, the most buzzed about, uh, stars on TV and genuinely so, um, kind and generous and looks you right in the eye. I worked with celebrities for a long time and they often don't look you right in the eye and make, and you know, it's like the world kind of quiets down around you. So I said, you're on live TV. You better get your act together and be able to give people some advice on, uh, on dating. Um, but that was like a particularly fun one. And, uh, yeah. So, um, but Adam, I think that you and I, um, need to talk ab about getting other people more aware about how they communicate. You have a real gift to um, of identifying those those um, those patterns, and you're one of the only people out there that's probably talked to as many CMOs as you have. So, you know, well, I there's a need out there. It would, it would be a pleasure. We'll, we'll talk about. It. We'll do that, a little bit of that uh, off mic. We'll leave listeners to be uh, in in the limbo. We'll, we'll, will it have happened? It probably will. But I'll come back <laughs> to you, listeners, a little bit later for this. But for now, uh, Melissa, what a wonderful conversation! Thank you so much for having it. And uh, Adam, thank you so much. This was so fun, and uh, and it was great. It's almost like marketing therapy. That could be like another name of your uh, podcast. But thank you so much. This was really a lot of fun, and I so appreciate you uh, having me on. I think that last part, building a profile whether it be personal or professional, is really important as well when it comes to building your authentic self. As soon as you know those unique points that make you, you, I mean, hey, how much more authentic than that can you get?
Thank you, Melissa, for all of that and for putting that thought in my head about training with regard to public speaking, something like that. I don't know. I'll continue to noodle. But more importantly, for this moment, thank you to the listener for tuning into this point. If you want to stay tuned with me, here's how you can. I'm mostly on LinkedIn. That's where I'm doing a lot of my activity. So follow me there, Adam Connor, as well as the show, Authentic Avenue. We're a little over 200 members on that little group. That's where I post all of these shows. Obviously, you can also listen wherever else podcasts are made available to you and on the website, authenticavenuemedia.com slash podcast, specifically if you want to see the page or if you're just interested as to what I do on a day-to-day basis in helping brands and individuals further the way they communicate authentically, you can learn a lot from me there as well. Finally, email Adam at that website, authenticavenuemedia.com. I'd be happy to say hi to you there. But I'll let you go for now. And the next time you'll hear from me is next week. We'll have another fantastic story and another fantastic perspective in this world of authenticity. But until then, I've been your host, Adam Connor. And here I am saying until the next time I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue. Avenue.